All right. Hi, everybody. It's time for not another episode of Not Another Catholic Podcast. I'm Father Josh. We're here with Deacon Rory Trainer. Oh, hello. It could be a podcast. <laughs> no one's going to hear me. I've got, we're recording the video. No one's going to, no one might know who, no one might be able to see me. That's right. <laughs> um, wait, what? Now I'm well, no, I, so I, when you, when you introduced everything, I just gave a little like salute and I was like, Oh, that, that's probably not sufficient. I probably ought to say something audible so you actually know I'm here and not just like talking to himself. I feel like this was such a stronger start than last time, and now I don't anymore. Yeah, that was me. That's on me. <laughs> so, uh, well, before we start uh, on today's topic, uh, Deacon Roy, why don't you start us off with a prayer? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious Lord, thank you for this time together. Guide us, protect us, send your mother to watch over us, keep us ever faithful to your covenant and never let us be parted from you. Amen. Amen. Holy Spirit. So, so last time we, we were talking about kind of what comes, what, what leads up to an ordination. We're going to be talking about what goes on during the ordination. Um, last time we talked about that kind of first thing was receiving the, uh, the call to orders and what kind of a moment that is. Uh, so we thought this week we'd talk about, um, Kind of the the like like fast forwarding all the way up to like getting to the day of the ordination like what goes on maybe the evening before or the morning of uh the ordination just kind of give people a feel for what that looks and feels like right yeah i mean like i i i, I was texting you the other day talking about asking about this and i think for our money um you know the lot goes into like by 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 way of analogy or by comparison, like a lot goes into the preparations for a wedding, right? Like there's the there's bachelor parties, there's there's uh, there's, there's wedding showers. There's Interesting, that's the be. first thing you name. I know it is. I was trying to think of it in like success, successive order, but like <laughs> invitations, caterers, booking venues. Exactly. Well, okay, okay, maybe not that, but they get the point. Like there, there's some things that like like that happen, like 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 um. I don't even know now, but like the morning of like, like the, 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 the bride is like, has like, like the whole like morning set aside, like for stuff. Like, it's not like she's going out shopping or like, just like kicking around playing video games before like getting like, and just, oh, I got to get to the church at like three o'clock. As like, opposed to the whole, guys who are, as opposed to the groom and the groomsmen. Oh, they definitely are. The guys definitely are, but the women are not, the women are not, the brides are definitely panicked the entire morning. Um, yeah and so so there's but there are traditions around this whole thing right like uh even like but even then there's some things that were like almost more solidly traditional like there's uh i, I, I try to talk about weddings the uh the like the the, the uh the rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner and like who pays for that and like those, those are, so there's all these like different things but um and priests i think have something like that but it's not quite to that extent it's uh yeah sure Sure. And it's not, it's probably not as like uh, <laughs> ensconced in tradition per se. It's more like um, finding a way to make sure that you can be um, as prepared and as present in the moment as possible. Um, and so there's different ways of, of, of doing that. Yeah. Like in some things that we're doing is kind of like <clears throat> best practices for things like a big thing like that I've always heard guys say is like always go to confession the day of like like or like the night before whatever it is you can do go as quickly as you can before um the ordination itself so I did that like prior to my diaconate ordination I made sure to go to confession 
I think I did it that morning. Yeah. I think I did. Yeah. Yeah. There's so like, right. So that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, and that should be, I mean, that should be the case for any sacrament, really, right? Like, like open myself up to these graces as much as I can. Uh, let me go to confession um, uh, right before. Um, I think, I, I think it's such a, it's such a big day. Like there's so many, so many things swirling around. You've got family coming into town. You've got all this stuff going on, but it's also such, such a critical moment between, between you and, and God, you and the Lord, you and the church. Um, I think it's so important to kind of find a way to, um, make sure that you're, you, I guess, I guess basically have your prayer, like kind of scheduled into it. Otherwise it just gets all that time, like right before the ordination kind of gets absorbed into everything else, right. you know? Um, cause it's, it's a lot to balance, right? Cause it's got, this is, it's this momentous event for you. It's a momentous moment for you. But as we talked about last time, I think too, it's also a momentous moment for your family and for your parish and for the church as a whole. So there's, there's all these people that you want to kind of include and bring into this moment of, of joy and excitement and celebration. Right. And I, I was thinking about this, like, as we were kind of leading up to the day and I was like, you know, there's some people like that, like I wanted to include in certain parts of what I did. And there's certain, and so it, this is kind of more, I'm more thinking about this now as I'm preparing for like, like thinking about my first mass and stuff like that and potentially ordination. Um, okay, like, who do I want to do the readings? Who do I want to like bring up the gifts? Who do I, like little things like that? But like, it involves right, it involves all these levels of people, and I think for me, one of the ways that that really kind of hit home was when I was actually walking in. Like, they rang the bell, and I'm 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 in, in the procession, and I'm walking in, and suddenly I'm like, I'm looking at all these faces, and I'm like, oh oh my gosh, like I know you, I know you from this, and I'm like, and suddenly it's like all of a sudden, like, suddenly like hit me, and as I'm looking up at the window, like above our our high altar in our cathedral i'm remembering as like i was a child like like going to all these ordinations and seeing that window and seeing that like that cross on that window and all the priests that i've seen get ordained and all the deacons i've seen get ordained and it was like it's like oh now i'm the schlub who's walking down the center of the aisle <laughs> like <laughs> so this is what that's like okay i'm like huh so this is what it feels like huh okay yeah yeah <laughs> And it's, and yeah, and it's, it is this, like, I want to be able, you want to be able to stay focused and in that moment as much as you can, but yeah, there's all this stuff swirling around. Um, so it's kind of a wild thing. I know, um, you know, one of the ways I've seen people try to like before their ordination um, to kind of make sure they set aside time for their, their, their prayer and their connection to God, but also to kind of invite family and the parish and the wider community is like okay well the night before let's do an hour of adoration or or some sort of prayer together like that so it's kind of like okay well you're kind of scheduling in like it's part of the schedule of events that we're going to pray together <laughs> before it's time to go walk down the aisle i suppose um and i know for myself too like before um the morning of uh my diaconate and my priesthood ordination yeah we made sure made sure to get to confession but then also uh with my classmate who i was getting ordained with we we did a we went to a different church in town and did a holy hour there together just so we were kind of had that kind of quiet time with the lord to make sure we were all right we're really going to pray and get ready for this but at the same time to have that sort of 
we're not doing this alone. <laughs> like, like we're not on our own in this. Um, so that was something really like valuable and important for me uh, in those those mornings of the ordination. Yeah. No, one thing I forgot to mention too. We've, I don't think we. I don't think we thought about bringing this up, but this is probably a good time to bring it up. Is any, um, is that in the like the laws of the church, like you're like anyone supposed to be ordained is required to go on retreat before, mm, which I think true. shows a lot of like like interesting wisdom on the part of the church. Like there's there's a lot of wisdom obviously in the church, but but one of the particular like, like to me like it, it's it's such a practical point of wisdom to me to say you need to physically remove yourself from like whatever the is you're normally doing studies wherever you're at and put yourself in a time of retreat and spend time with the lord because that's what's happening here and yeah. you know in the, in, the, in the big thick code of canon law that like like has all these rules about all these different things and about when you're a priest what it means to be a canonical person and yada, yada, all these like super like like very legalistic things about like what makes a sacrament a sacrament and and, and could almost seem kind of cold at times it's like it's it's this clear like sense of like the presence of the lord that like if you're not spending time with your savior there's no point in doing any of this like this is the point like you must go and retreat to do this and i think that that's a cool way of framing it that like this is the church's conception that this is still like like you're saying like there's not just like your and my theory about this like oh you should be like mentally prepared for it or you should be like spiritually open to it it's like that'd be one thing but it's like no the church writ large has said this is what we're supposed to do this is who we are like you must be a man who's devoted to the lord taking time away they can come away by yourselves and pray um and that's that's what the church says i think so i think it's i think it's a beautiful way of thinking about that like in the midst of all this legalistic terms that's exactly what we must do yeah it's kind of a funny thing to think about like requirements of prayer um but it's, it sounds but like it's, it's fun it's, <laughs> exactly <laughs> But it's it's so true, and and you do you do love that that the church says, um, take a week and really think about this, really pray about this um, before. And I think it's what it has to be six months within six months of the ordination day, something something like that. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, where did you do your canonical retreat, for that matter? Do you remember? Yeah, I, I did. Um, I did it with the seminary. We were at uh, um, in. Uh, retreat house uh, on the coast of Maine, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. Was that that would have been COVID times? Was that during like lockdowns still? Oh, it was before. No, it was before. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was fortunate. I got that in. I got that in ahead of time, like right before. <laughs> nice. I spent mine uh, for my, which I'm not sure I should say this a lot, but the so I was. For my diaconate ordination, I ended up contracting COVID like during our retreat week here. And so I ended up in this very tiny room where I was quarantined and that's where I did my retreat. So <laughs> that was, a, was, that's a real, that's a real retreat right there. It was, it was something. It was there it was to sell something. Um, yeah. Um, what was that? What was that experience like? Or do you like, was it a time of, of like drawing closer to God or was this kind of like a <laughs> get me out of here? It was a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit, you know, it, it was, it was a bit of both. I, I remember being like incredibly stressed out and I was like, ah, like, I don't want to like, cause they, they moved us from like the rooms that we have like set up in the seminary with all of our stuff in it. So like, you know, anything I could use to entertain myself or like distract myself. And they moved us all to like anyone who had COVID onto like this one hallway. 
and and I was like, well, this stinks. <laughs> like, oh, this is horrible. And uh, uh, so I was in this tiny room, but you know, um, God is just so good. Uh, and the, the seminary faculty here were so good to me. Um, it, it was, it really was a very grace-filled time. I made sure to like find like mass every day, like online. It wasn't, you know, to the extent that it was what it was, but I, I tried to make sure to do that or, or listen to a good homily every day. Um, also, obviously I took time to pray and walk because they let us, you know, they, we'd obviously go outside for a walk during like when no one else was around. It was, you got your hour was, in the yard. Yeah, honestly, it was because I tried I have to plan it like while everyone else was at mass. So I didn't run into anybody. So it was, it was like super, like it was super weird. And then, um, but one of the cool things that I got to do was um, one of the chapels that we have, it uh, it has like all these glass walls. So like it's in one of the inner courtyards. It has all these glass walls so you can kind of see the altar and see everything. And uh, they would have adoration. So what I would do is I would go out into the courtyard and I would like kneel in the courtyard and I would do adoration like in like in the, like they're in the building and I'm just in the courtyard like looking through the window. So that was kind of a nice like, thing. I was like, OK, it was incredibly uncomfortable, incredibly cold. But I was like, you know what? This is like I'm kind of giving back to God like this kind of things right now. And I've been complaining about this, but this is like a this is like a, a cool thing to be able to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Not the not not what I would have chosen for a retreat. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's and that's that's kind of the beauty of it, right? There is no there is no ideal. There is no you know you want perfect, go to heaven. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and I think that that's like really where we probably want to frame this, right? Like we're both sinners. All of us are sinners. We're all sinners, and we're all sinners trying to like get get to heaven. And and as we're processing up, right? Like every procession in the, in the church is a procession towards the new Jerusalem. And we're like that watched in some ways is sort of like symbolic in some ways of like the journey that we've had through seminary and everything else vested in like the role robes of a, of an acolyte of a lector and of a deacon. Um, we, we approach the altar to then be made priest, right? Like we're not just, we're not, we're not necessarily, we're not really exalted. We're not, we're, we're walking. There's something, there's something about this, like the sense of like we're walking towards Christ with christ as as the head at the head of the procession with the cross and um we're being brought there in some ways by his apostle in, in the back of the procession of the bishop and there's something like beautiful about that whole like thought that like in in, in front of us are our brothers who have, who have who are on the same journey as us um and i think if memory serves like we're kind of like in front of the other deacons or we'll be right behind them but it was something like about this, like kind of being in the That's midst right. of that whole procession towards Christ and towards the altar, towards that place of sacrifice. Um, yeah, there's something kind of really kind of beautiful. And I'm sure someone more mystical than I could, could come up with something really good about that. <laughs> You're right. I mean, it is, it is, uh, it does. I, I really like that. This is representing the entire, the entire journey to this moment is represented in that, that procession. And the recognition that this is part of a wider journey that it's not just the walk to this day you know this is this is the walk to heaven this is this is um you know another another step an important step but it's all part of this this greater journey and that we're a part of, we're still a part of everybody else's procession too just as they're still a part of ours you know it's not like we don't walk in alone <laughs> you know this is not just me this is us with the church as a family as you said, with with the apostles, with with our brothers, um, it's it is a beautiful thing. It is, and yeah, yeah. 
it's 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 so anyway, so let's a couple more specifics. So we so we talked about the retreat briefly. We talked about we probably should stay on topics to some degree, just so people aren't completely bored. Uh, if anyone's even gonna listen to this, but uh, so we have the uh, so we we talked about like the idea of the, the canonical retreat. We talked about the idea of like the prep kind of the night before going to confession. Um, tell me about the vesting. Yeah, that's I mean that's a really I I really like the way that that we do that in our diocese. It, it might not be the same in in everyone, but um, we usually, uh, there's a separate room set off, uh, way far away from everybody, from everybody else where, where all the other priests are getting vested and ready and all the servers are getting ready and they're prepping the cathedral and they're doing all this stuff. And they take the ordinandi, the people about to get ordained, um, with the transitional deacons who have just been ordained and the bishop, and you go off into, um, a place by yourselves and you just have these kind of this quiet, peaceful moment of like getting getting ready, you know, getting getting your albon, getting um, the cincture, getting the deacon stuff, like putting all this stuff together, and just like um, having that kind of private moment with with the bishop and with your brothers getting or you're getting ordained with. It's this really kind of like it's just a powerful moment. You're just like, all right, like, let's, let's go, let's, let's get going. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and it's a similar thing when you were ordained a deacon, right? Mm. Yeah, exactly. You, you kind of show up there and you're, you're with your, uh, guys who were like ordained like last year, transitional deacons and they're getting, you know, you're putting on your album, your sanctuary. And it's, you know, you know, you might've worn that album before, but like it sort of has like a new meaning for you putting it on that time. You're like, wow, like this is this is it. We're doing this. Like this is this is the like, first time I really need this. Exactly. Like 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 there's no like I, I don't have any other options right now. Like this is not like yeah. a, this is not like a choice. Like oh, do I want to wear a cassock and surplus or do I want to wear an owl? This is like yeah. no, you you have to wear this. Yeah. Uh, uh, and something something I love about how we do this is that um, kind of your the the so when you're ordained a deacon, it's like the next weekend, like, so like the first kind of official thing you do as a deacon is to serve uh, as a deacon for the mass for the, the, the new, the new priests to the mass to ordain the priests. And then kind of the last thing you do as a transitional deacon is serve the mass for as deacon for the new deacons. And then the baton is kind of is passed at that point. Um, there's just kind of a nice bookends to it. And this nice part of like being a part of each other's journey. Yeah, and like if we go back to like that procession analogy of like everything kind of contained in there, like all the changing that's happening is happening in the midst. Like I remember, like you know, one weekend it was I was walking behind now Father David Gagnon, who was carrying the book of the Gospels, and the next weekend I'm carrying the book of the Gospels in front of him as he's <laughs> as he getting ready to become a priest. And it was like yeah. and like you know one weekend he's calling me forward, next weekend I'm calling him forward. Um, to be, you know, he calls me forward to be a, be a deacon. I call him forward to be a priest, uh, and so there's kind of this nice exchange of, of that, right? So like a passing of the baton, uh, in some ways. Uh, and I think anytime, like you know, if you grew up, grew up with a, a family that was close or had traditions kind of like that, you kind of have that sense of like these are your brothers who are kind of passing on the next things you like. This is what I used when I was growing up, and this is what I had. Uh, now it's like your time with like I don't know. But there's something nice. It's about a really nice way to talk about hand-me-down clothes. <laughs> hey, you know what? I mean, 
<laughs> some of the best uh, liturgical garments I have are. <laughs> well, that's true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> my first cassock, my nice, well, my, my, both actually the two cassocks that I own that are like really nice are like, are both like hand-me-downs. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> don't talk about a hand-me-down like that way. Big family problems, man. Big family no, it's problems. a good thing. It's a good, I mean, yeah. Like you said, uh, if somebody more mystical could really put something on there. If only, if only there was someone smarter than us. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. So what else? So so that's kind of that's kind of getting ready for the the moment. That's like right up to the beginning of the ceremony. We even we even yeah. walked in already, right? Yeah. We should next time. I'm thinking we should talk about the because um, there's something I probably probably shouldn't be talk, discussing while we're in the middle of a podcast, but. I'm doing it. So what we should talk about next time, though, is potentially, or we should talk about, about the idea of getting the chalice and receiving that and uh, what that looks like, because that's all part of the prep work, I guess, technically, too. But, sure. Or maybe sure. that falls into maybe that falls into a related category. We'll yeah, talk. We can talk about that now. We can talk. Have you started looking for your chalice yet? Uh, so actually, I have received my chalice. It oh, was, my. It was, it was, okay. <laughs> yes, exactly. Quite so. Um, yeah, I, I really wasn't sure what I was going to do with for one, and I was kind of going back and forth, and then I got a text from my pastor, and he was he was like, "Oh, I got a chalice for you," and I'm like, "Oh, thank you," and uh, I didn't know anything about it, and he didn't have a picture of it, so I was like, "Ooh, do I want to just say yes automatically?" Because like, <laughs> if it looks like a travel mug, do I really want to? <laughs> you know, uh, but yeah, honestly, like, um, and I'm only half joking. I have seen one anyway, uh, but the. What he has is he has this nice chalice for me that was owned by um, the priest who built my home parish. Oh wow! And so uh, and he's like he's a really cool guy. Uh, if memories, I mean, I I think that's the chalice I'm getting. I'm not positive about that. I'm thinking See, it's the and, and I just I love that like chalices when they're taken care of last forever. Right. And I just I love the idea of having a chalice like that that has. Um, a history it has a connection to priests that um, are important to you you know I love when you when you um, lift up a chalice and on the bottom it'll usually be engraved with with kind of the, the names of the priests who have had this chalice in the past and you can kind of see the history of it over the years um, right. and that's just like 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 so it's a powerful thing in a couple I mean first of all anything that's going to hold the the body and blood of Christ is this incredible like what could be a a, a more powerful representation of God present in the world and these these things that we use to bring God's presence. In. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. You think about what these are used for. But then you also think about the history attached to that and how many times this has been used and um, the, the holy priests who have used it before. And it really, yeah, that really is a beautiful thing. Um, and I think it's great, like, like there was one that was that's going to be given to you that kind of has that tradition attached to it. Um, then along with that, along with chalice and all that, you got to kind of pick out, okay, what are your vestments? Gonna, I remember people asking me like, again, like, oh, what kind of vestments are you getting? I'm like, I don't know. They're like, well, what's, what size are you? Like, I have no idea. Like they have sizes or like, <laughs> I've never like, worn one before. <laughs> yeah. like what style do you like? I don't know. I've never put one of these on before. And I, I <laughs> like, it's a very strange thing before you're ordained to like even go try, try a chasuble on. Like, it's like, this, this doesn't feel right. Like, um, so yeah, it's it's kind of this funny time of like, I don't know, I I I guess I like this. I don't know. 
that was my reaction anyway. Where did you get your vestments in the in the long run? Do you remember? Yours, your first mass vestment was beautiful. You had a great first mass mass, mass vestment. Yeah, English. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a gift from uh um that was a gift from a priest. That that one came from Poland. Um I did yeah, yeah, I'll I'll share with you what I got. Okay. No, I actually have someone making my vestments for me right now. So oh, that's, that's awesome. Like, that's yeah. gonna be like my family's gift to me. But yeah. Yeah. Um but anyway. Yeah, so all these little things like, like the chalice, the, the vestments, the retreat, the, the procession, the, the vesting ritual, all yeah. these things are just kind of getting us to the point of like stepping into the sanctuary right. and getting us to the point where we can say, okay, we're ready to go. Like, you know, I, I, like, I like in this, the way this conversation went, that those were kind of the last couple of things that we, we even thought of, because that's, those are the least important of all these things, like, like the retreat, the um the the prayer the preparation all that stuff is really the important things but but as we said there's all these other kind of distractions flying around like oh yeah i got to get all this stuff sorted out what I, what am i going to wear that day <laughs> is uh you know it's it is it is kind of funny it is part of it but it's not the most important thing but ultimately like it like the chat like like and I, I like your point like ultimately the chalice that we own the revestments we have right um well yeah they're ours to some degree ideally if they're ours they should ultimately be passed down to someone else like when we're done with them that that's my conception like i don't think most guys you know when they're done with their, their stuff what they do is they pass it on to the next guy or like the, the new the the young guy from their parish who's going to become a priest or something like that and there's something nice about like this this unbroken tradition like here's the this is part of you now too this is yours and uh like i know that like it's kind of nice to know that like when i hold that chalice like in the home parish it's going to be like this was the guy who built my home parish and like he probably got it from his pastor growing up and the guy who formed him and that pastor got it from this guy who formed him like there's like five different guys who've owned this chalice and mm -hmm. like dating back to like 1909 and and i'm like this is a bit, like this I, I don't know if they were all manchester priests or if they were what but like there's something really beautiful about that absolutely absolutely and and it is a reminder to us too like we're we're the caretakers of these things for right now but um yeah i the the church will continue long after we're gone <laughs> praise god Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Yeah. Well, good. I think that was kind of what we needed to do today. I think we're we're kind of at like 30, 30 minutes. It's I like I don't want to yeah. bore people <laughs> <laughs> any more than we already have. Um, <laughs> well, good. Yeah. So um, so yeah. So next time we'll talk. We'll start to get into the actual ordination uh, ceremony itself. The 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 rite, the mass, uh, some of the prayers. Uh, we'll talk about all that stuff. Uh, or at least start talking about that stuff next time. Yeah. Father, you want to close this with a blessing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Lord God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for the gift of the priesthood. We ask that um, you continue to pour out your blessings upon us and to inspire men to enter the seminary and to enter into this um, beautiful life, this beautiful vocation that you have given to us and to your church. We ask you to bless us and all those who may hear or watch this podcast Bless them, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks. Till next time.